We got episode 11, packing it up, fresh off of a 27-17 Packers win at Lambeau against the black and gold, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we got Kevin Hurd, Marcus Wiegert, always on the call here. Uh, Marcus, where'd you watch the game? What do you think? Any quick thoughts? Watch the game in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Good game. Frustrations kept to a minimum. Three and one, baby. Wasn't super flashy. Felt like there were some opportunities uh, that got away from them. But, you know, let's jump into the game recap here like we always do. So who's your star of the game? My star of the game is Adam Stenovich, offensive line coach. Guy's an absolute stud. Bakhtiari out, Elton Jenkins out, plug and play. They just figure it out. Those guys are, it's obviously Gudikins gets you know, quite a bit of praise there too for the rookies they've drafted and Josh Nyman and all these other guys that they're able to find, John Runyon. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of fun to watch. So he's definitely my star of the game, super underrated. Yeah, I think there's a lot of coaches out there in the NFL, you know, those position guys that maybe don't quite get their due. Uh, I feel like he's one of them. Uh, before I hop into mine, just what are your thoughts? Obviously, Bakhtiari is hurt. Eldon Jenkins hurt. And there's been some guys that have come in and played pretty solid. What do you think is the Packers' best five-man offensive line with everybody healthy? I don't know, and I don't think it matters. I mean, they got so much flexibility. I mean, it's hard to say because I hated on Billy Turner a few weeks ago, but now he's playing solid again. Uh, and I think it's week to week. I mean, obviously, you know, you face Bosa, you face Watt, pretty good tests on both sides there, but they did a good job. And, you know, we even talked about Lucas Patrick. I mean, the guy has you know basically gotten beat out. and He's been rock solid the last few years. So I, I don't know. I really don't think it matters, to be honest with you. Um, it's been impressive how Myers and Newman have come along and yeah, again, you're missing two of the, what, I mean, Jenkins and Bakhtiari are, you think at least two of the top 20 offensive linemen in the league. So it's, uh, it says quite a bit. Yeah, it's definitely a good problem to have. Obviously there's a lot of teams that would want to trade positions with the Packers in that regard. I just think in years past, sometimes they haven't really worried about position kind of like you've mentioned and there's a part of me that think they're just going to throw out their five best guys. Uh, I think Bakhtiari at left tackle. I think Elgin Jenkins at left guard. I think Josh Myers at center. And I think based on how Runyon's playing, you might see him at right guard. And then Royce Newman maybe at right tackle. You know, But you also said Billy Turner's been playing well. He could definitely play right tackle. And then Royce Newman at right guard. And then Runyon's the odd man out. Uh, but Lucas Patrick started 15 games last year. And we're not even having him in the conversation. Uh, ben Braden was, he's on the practice squad. He was playing with the ones early in the preseason. So, you know, they have some depth, they have some versatility there. So kind of a good problem to have. Uh, my star of the game, um, is Randall Cobb. Uh, I'm guessing him and Kingsley Kiki, as we tweeted, listened to this pod last week, cause I was throwing some shade on him. Uh, you know, just I don't know. The Packers obviously came away with a win and it wasn't super flashy and it felt like the Packers were comfortable constantly with their lead. I think a huge part of that was Randall Cobb. Where would the Packers be without him on third down today? I don't know what the score would have been if he was not playing in this game, considering MVS being injured, kind of taking away that big play ability. I just don't know what 
the outcome of the game today would have been if Randall Cobb wasn't in the green and gold. So uh, just numerous third down conversions. Obviously, he had two touchdowns. You know, we were, well, not we, I'll say I was, you know, throwing shade on him for not catching any balls and, and making the money that he's making. But he definitely showed up today and obviously had a huge impact on the game. Yeah, he was my fun part of the game, which you probably could have guessed it, but made me feel young again watching him run around out there. And yeah, like you said, hit on the spot. Uh, if he's not around catching those third down balls, you know, who knows where we're at. So huge props to Cobb, Rogers finding them. Uh, what was your fun part of the game? Uh, surprisingly, I did not think that you were going to pick that. I, I had. I think I was going with. I thought you were going to go with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones sharing the backfield uh, on oh, the same no, plays. No. My fun part was Randall Cobb. My fun part was A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the same backfield. As a defense, you don't really know what's going to happen. Obviously, A.J. Dillon is a hard guy to bring down just one-on-one. -on -one. And when you pair him with Aaron Jones and you're running run-pass options or you're putting guys in motion or you know, you're sending out Jones in the flat where you also have an inside – you know, run play design, like I said, run pass option, you can do both. That's really hard on a defense. So they picked up a lot of positive yards in those situations. So just to keep the defense guessing, that's obviously going to make Aaron Rodgers' job a lot easier, but also something that we haven't really had an issue with yet this year, but it's going to happen at some point. It happened last year at Tampa Bay during the regular season is just separation for our receivers and allowing them to catch you know open passes get some separation you know um having clean routes you know last year the Packers played Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay and they basically just decided to throw the ball around the yard and those guys were always constantly covered obviously Rodgers threw a couple picks in that game but it kind of starts with the run game it starts with different looks that you can show defenses and when the Packers play a good defense, with the exception of maybe that Tampa Bay game that I mentioned last year, they usually come up with something fun and different. So I think having those two guys back there puts a lot of pressure on teams. And, you know, they usually pull this stuff out against the good defenses. So uh, that was fun to watch for me. Yeah, A.J. Dillon was my good. Got a man crushing that guy. 15 carries, 81 yards, 5.4 a carry, one catch for 16 yards. Love watching him tote the rock and watch – small dbs dive at his thighs and just ricochet off it's uh i mean he's a grown man and he just he's he's got he runs so methodical he just he's not a uh you know doesn't get his shoulder pad level really low um doesn't look like he runs really hard but man he's he's impressive i think he's got to get more involved too i mean i know they're slowly getting him more involved but um i think he's just got a lot to give so he was definitely my good part of the day and obviously you know, tweeted from the account, give a shout out to you because you've said it before, but many times where you feel like they could step on the throat. Dylan gets like four carries in a row, same play call of floor said post game. And then all of a sudden we go throw it three times and we punt and it's like, just keep running them the ball. You know, it's, it's frustrating, you know, again, cause that's like you've said before, it's going to come back to bite us at some point, but um, we're able to walk away with a win today. So what was your good? So should I put you down for a large quad father t-shirt? Large, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm getting kind of heavy here. I'm not quite to an XL. Or do you want to sleep in it, XL? Yeah, I don't do know. You, do you have a sleep in it? Might need a nighty. Yeah. Uh, my good was uh, situational defense. So 
I say that because I've been critical in the past of, you know, it's third and long and we're playing back, you know, 10 yards or, you know, it's, it's a, they're in a tough position, you know, maybe in the red zone and we don't really send anybody. And then we let them get out of their own end zone, stuff like that. Today, I felt like they had a little bit better sense of, okay, it's second and maybe 15 here after a penalty or it's second and 10 here after, you know, we stopped them on a run play. And then we brought some, you know, we brought some pressure uh, forcing a fumble on Ben Roethlisberger early, I think was a big deal. Uh, so, you know, shout out to the defensive line for getting some pressure. Like I mentioned, Kingsley Kiki showed up today because he obviously listens to this pod and came Kiki. out and ball. So, Kiki, do you, know, you love me? Yeah, we loved them today. So, you know, just situational defense, I think, was better. I think they were sound, you know, when it was a long yardage situation, you know, on third down, they kept everything in front and just didn't really let it be close to the first down. When it was, you know, first down and they were expected to run, they kind of stacked the box and, and didn't give up, you know, those, you know, those four or five yard runs that maybe we're accustomed to seeing from them. Uh, the first drive was obviously, you know, not great. I was a little concerned after that, you know, Jair giving up a touchdown, which we probably haven't seen in about two years. Granted, I think there was a little bit of a push off, you know, that's my Homer biased opinion, but uh, you know, either way it's, I just thought situationally they were a lot more sound on defense, which sometimes in the NFL, that's all you have to be. You don't have to be flashy. You don't have to, you know, do too much. Sometimes it's just sticking with your game plan and, you know, comes down to tackling and comes down to how you're aligned, like all that simple stuff. So I thought they were better at that today. It can be uh, a simple game. It can be simple. And I'm going to go to my ugly section since you touched on him. My ugly section was Jair getting hurt. Obviously don't know how long he's out. But based on our depth there, um, I mean, I don't know. You know, do we start looking at street free agents? Uh, do you start breaking out your pads for Portage and start, you know, doing some backpedal drills and time your 40? I don't know what's going on. But if he's out for a while, you just can't rely on what we have. It's just not good enough. It's too green. Kevin King, obviously, proven he's unproven. Uh, Stokes is looking good, but I just don't think he's taken that enough of a jump yet. You know, Sullivan, Gene Charles, there's a lot of guys that are okay, solid, but I don't I just worry about, about that uh, quite a bit if he's actually out. So that was my ugly part of the game. Yeah, the latest we have is that it's an AC joint injury, which obviously you don't want anybody to be injured, but as far as shoulders go, that's one that can be recovered from. So we'll just have to keep We'll just have to keep monitoring that status uh, in the coming days. Yeah, that was actually uh, my ugly section too. Just injuries. I feel like I feel like part of the disappointment from last year is what people have to understand is there's luck in winning any sort of title. Doesn't matter what sport it is, basketball, baseball, whatever you whatever you want to say. And I felt like the Packers were extremely healthy last year, and that's why it was part of the disappointment is that they basically had their full team last year. Obviously, Bakhtiari got dinged at the end, but, you know, they kind of had their whole team, and, and obviously we didn't get to where we wanted to go. So that kind of just added to the disappointment this year. Felt like we have not been great as far as injuries go. Obviously, Zadaria Smith going, going down, which we can talk about briefly after this in a second. But, yeah, Jair going down, just a couple other guys getting dinged. You know, Savage seems to go down once, seems like every game lately. Now, granted, 
the guy plays a million miles an hour. I feel like he's kind of a tone setter a little bit when he's aggressive, especially running up in the box and stopping the run, kind of playing with, you know, that downhill speed that he's kind of known for. They're just kind of a different team, kind of same thing with DeAndre Campbell. But yeah, I agree. As far as injuries go, we've just been pretty unlucky this year so far. Jenkins getting hurt, but hopefully they can just hold it together for a couple of weeks, get those guys back, and then be an even better team. That's kind of what you hope. You talked about Green Bay being pretty healthy last year. Another team was pretty healthy was Tampa Bay. And tonight they lost another corner during the game. Uh, there are all three corners now who started the season. Um, but there was just a, a forced fumble by Antoine Winfield. And guess which corner recovered it for Tampa Bay? Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, fresh off the street. Fresh off the street. So what was your bad part of the game? Uh, my bad part of the game would be just this killer instinct that I've been talking that they need to have. I think scoring opportunities were missed uh, for both teams, but when you're a Super Bowl contending team and you're playing at home, sometimes in the game of football, you mentioned that it's a simple game. Sometimes you just have to make plays. And I felt like at times they just didn't make them to kind of put them away. I, I believe the Packers were up. I want to say it was either 14 or 17 points and they could have came down and kicked the field goal and kind of put it away. But I believe they fumbled. And then the Steelers, you know, had an opportunity to maybe go down and score a touchdown and make it a little bit more interesting. So it's just stuff like that, you know, and I'll include kind of the running game stuff that you mentioned already. I know I've been harping on this, but the Packers don't view a 10 point lead as a, as a safe spot, which I think that attitude's good. But you also, when you have somebody like AJ Dillon, you have versatility in the backfield of Aaron Jones, which we saw him catch some passes out of the backfield and kind of show his versatility today. I think he was great running and catching, you know, when you can have those guys out there, I think that opens up the playbook a lot more, but when you get down to the end of the game, you got to run the ball. You got to bleed the clock. You got to let the offensive linemen do what they love to do and just play downhill and charge it, guys. And I just feel like at times they don't do that enough. And there's always kind of this, you know, hope for the other team like, well, if we can get this back here, you know, we can all of a sudden get it close. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just the NFL. Maybe, maybe Goodell sends down memos during halftime like, hey, we got to make this closer here. I don't know. Keep it interesting. Until then, keep preaching on it. My bad part of the game is Ben Roethlisberger. This, folks, is why you draft Jordan Love. Go follow our account. Look at all the mentions. Look at all the facts that we're bringing. Because Ben Roethlisberger is done. He's old. He's garbage. He's trash. Move on. Matt Ryan is in the same situation. And you're wondering why Atlanta and Pittsburgh are so bad right now. Atlanta's in a situation where Justin Fields could be going through, you know, playing really well for them, maybe having some hiccups, but learning the game in Atlanta. Instead, they go draft Kyle Pitts because, you know, getting another weapon is really going to help an elderly quarterback. Like, let's go get the guy a wheelchair. Let's just help him out that way. So it's just bad, you know. I feel bad for Pittsburgh because I feel like they still have good pieces. But, I mean, Roethlisberger's missing screen passes. Obviously, everything was short for the most part. Missing guys when they actually try to go deep. And it's just a bad situation. So, folks. That's why you go and draft quarterbacks when you can, because you don't know when you're going to need them. Yeah, and that's a good plug for our Twitter account. Please follow that. Check out some of our comments. Feel free to follow us and comment back to us. We're, we're happy to 
we're happy to indulge in those conversations. Maybe that's some people won't. Packing it up, pod. So per, a perfect kind of uh, segue to something else that was kind of mentioned on Twitter kind of earlier in the week. I feel like it's a slow news week, and then the Packers decided to drop all bad news, uh, you know, on Fridays, which is classic. So let's just touch on kind of Zadarius Smith here a little bit. You know, we've mentioned, you know, the ugly section of injuries. Um, gosh, I don't know. I don't know where to where to start. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. There's a lot of you know, just kind of what the situation is, you know, kind of just give us your brief thoughts on Zadarius Smith and, and that whole deal. It's bizarre. I think a lot of it does have to do with contract, him not being healthy, uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's bizarre. Uh, obviously he wasn't ready that day in Jacksonville when they were playing New Orleans. Um, I, I think he's played his last downs as a Packer. That's just what I truly feel. I think for all the people that think that that's a far-fetched statement, I think people need to understand kind of how contracts work in the NFL. There's a lot of, you know, it's not the league that has the most guaranteed money tied in with contracts. A lot of it comes into bonuses as far as how many snaps you play, you know, do you make it to the Pro Bowl, uh, you know, sacks, stuff like that, you know, for his position anyway. But so he doesn't have a whole lot of guaranteed money. It's not simple to pay guys or excuse me. Um, it's not simple to trade guys like in the NFL, especially with some of that money. You don't see a whole lot of trades going on in the NFL, especially with a name uh, like his. So it's not a completely far-fetched idea that he's played his last down um, in Green Bay, but it's hard to know. I just feel like in training camp, you know, Lafleur kind of sidestepped it a little bit, which I thought was always kind of interesting but then, you know, you go on Twitter today and Zadarius Smith is tweeting, you know, how is such a great team win? And he seems like he's in solid spirit. So, you know, we're we're just never going to know. But, you know, if he ends up not being on the team as soon as next year, you know, there's people throwing around the idea does, hey, does he know that this is Aaron Rodgers' last year? Does he, you know, want more money? There's just so much stuff floating around there. We're not going to comment on that until we uh, hear some facts. So. But it's not a completely far-fetched idea that Zedarius could potentially play his last down uh, in that Saints game, right? He played about 18 snaps in that Saints game. Yep. Somewhere in there. So I feel like that's something that we just kind of had to touch on because that was that was part of the uh, slow news week last week for the Packers. So, all right, next week, Packers are heading to Cincinnati, which in years past, I feel like you could just gloss over this game and chalk it up as a W. That's obviously not the case. Talk to us about the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals are currently 3-1, and one, coming off Thursday night's win at the end over Jacksonville. Um, this is easily a team who could be 1-3, and three, though. Um, they have three-point victories over the Minnesota Vikings in overtime in week one. Um, they also defeated the Steelers. So, obviously, we just saw that today in Green Bay. Um, but they did lose a close three-point game to the Bears as well. Um, so, Joe Burrow really talented. Joe Mixon, solid running back. Jamar Chase is playing really well, probably um, up in front, I would say right now of rookie of the year, based on how a lot of these uh, first-year quarterbacks are playing. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think the biggest thing is going to be Jair's injury and kind of the status. Are we going to get the uh, silent G back on the offensive line um, and how that's all going to roll out? So um, should be a pretty entertaining game. Uh, not that I don't think many would have pegged that on the schedule uh, for the Packers in week five 
uh, coming into the season. If anybody takes anything away from this podcast in the NFL, it is all about when you play somebody in the schedule. You can look at a schedule. You can dissect it all you want. I always do it with my family every year, trying to predict the Packers record. And you make a prediction, and then the week comes up uh, for the game, and then you go, oh, I kind of forgot that you know this team had two extra days to prepare, or I kind of forgot the Packers were coming off a short week, or you know they traveled cross, cross country, and now they got to fly cross country again to play. You know, all that stuff matters. So for the Bengals, they just wrapped up a win on Thursday night. So they're going to have an extra two days to prepare for the Packers, which I think that that matters. Uh, you mentioned Jair, you know, Alexander, that injury, that factors. You know, what if the Packers have no, you know, Alexander? Obviously, Zadarius Smith is out. No Elgin Jenkins, no Bakhtiari. You know, Preston Smith played through an injury today. What if, you know, he gets worse and all of a sudden he's out? All this stuff kind of factors in. And so it's all about when you play somebody. I hope for the Packers' sake that – uh, they get some of those guys back healthy and they can go out and get another win. But uh, I just think with this Packers team, the best part about them is I think they can beat you through the air. I think they can beat you on the ground and kind of that roller coaster that we're always used to is that defense just needs to be just good enough. It's usually all about takeaways for them. So past couple of games, we've had a couple and the, you know, the win loss, section of the game has turned out in our favor so uh crazy part about you know the Bengals is you know you kind of mentioned you kind of recap their schedule uh but the rest of that division everybody's three and one except the Steelers and you know, they're one and three so uh confidence I think goes a long way for the Cincinnati Bengals hey you got three wins which I don't know their records in years past off the top of my head but I'm gonna say that's a pretty good pretty good uh win standing for them compared to past years. So, um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully the Packers can get another W. Absolutely. We'll be uh, covering that game next Sunday night. Absolutely. Well, as always, appreciate everybody listening. Give us a follow on Twitter. You can find us in the comments of basically anything Packers related. Check us out, and uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Yep, find us in the comments where the truth lives. <laughs>